With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Trickeration. Welcome to Trickeration, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to another episode of the Trickeration Podcast, the number one podcast and only podcast about deception in sports. Cubs first baseman Mark Grace famously said, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And this is the podcast where we try to unpack all this skirting of the rules. Today, we've got not one, but two stories for you. First, an interview with the fan who famously hijacked the festivities at the U.S. Open. And later, a horse racing shock jockey who was caught in the act and paid the ultimate price. to a field with 50,000 fans and, you know, all these bright lights and in your mind, you're not going to go over that wall and then the adrenaline takes over. But, you know, as soon as you step over onto that field, anything can go wrong. This is Andrew Dudley. He also goes by Jungle Bird. A few years ago at a Notre Dame football game, he sprinted on the field, scooped up the ball and ran into the end zone. Once at a Premier League soccer game during a penalty kick, Jungle Bird ran on the pitch and kicked the ball right at goalie Tim Howard. When I hit the ball, I hit it so straight, it went straight into his hands. But Jungle Bird's most iconic moment, his Mona Lisa of mayhem, came at the 2012 U.S. Open in golf when he comically inserted himself in the middle of the trophy presentation. But before we hear how he did this, it's important to know why. There's been recent reports that we're losing one soccer field worth of forest every second, which is the size of New York City every day, which is just crazy. You know, it's, it's a wonder that the planet is still functioning as it is now. So it was at that position where I decided that I wasn't going to accept the way it was. I was going to take that first step of action. And then that's when I decided to, to start kind of video bombing sporting events to, uh, to raise awareness. And rather than trying to tell people that they're doing things wrong, it was more about let's make people laugh. You know, let's deliver this in a humorous way. And have you always been a jokester and a prankster? Were you a class clown? Well, back in school, when I was a kid, I used to make this bad noise in class to get you know, the teacher's attention and, and get some laughs out of my friends. Uh, so like a bit of a, like super loud in the classroom. When I got older, 
Uh, I used to do it in restaurants and I realized that you got everyone's attention in a quiet room. Back in 2012, Jungle Bird bought a ticket to the US Open with the goal of delivering his anti-deforestation message to the masses. It's live broadcast, so if you can get in between a live camera and the action, that would be the you know golden opportunity. And you know the trophy ceremony was the obvious one to do it. And how much did liquid courage play a role here? Was that a motivating factor at all? I have a code of ethics of how how I operate. Don't drink alcohol, don't resist arrest, always respect law enforcement, those kind of things. You see a lot of activism where People are committing property damage and, you know, offending people. I don't think that's very effective at all. And I think the second you do that, I think people's, that people kind of glaze over, you know, that it has the opposite effect. That's why I've always tried to use humor uh, as a starting point. On a foggy Sunday, Webb Simpson held on for a one-shot victory at the Olympic Club, his first major championship and the crowning achievement of his career. But he would soon be overshadowed at his own ceremony. As the final ball went in, then they started to clear the 18th green. They were putting kind of ropes around the sides as well. And I was able to, you know, just kind of walk onto the green and the security guy grabs me and goes like, you shouldn't be here, you have got approval or whatever. I turned around to kind of cut into the crowd, but then it noticed he'd gone. I remember standing, getting ready, then, you know, your nerves are up off the roof. And I just, and I remember in the back of my mind thinking, like, you shouldn't be doing this. You know, if you're messing up, it's going to be super embarrassing. You know, I kind of just pushed myself from the left foot forward, the right one followed, and the adrenaline just kicks in. The U.S. Open trophy ceremony is as formal as it gets. Bob Costas, in a blue blazer and tie, is interviewing Simpson in a polo cardigan cradling an 18-inch sterling silver jug. And all of a sudden, standing between the two of them and the camera, is Jungle Bird, with a big smile on his face, sporting a red and white Union Jack mohawk beanie and a matching windbreaker. I was so lucky that I, I stopped at the right position because it was pretty much in focus on the camera. I just remember all these lights going off and the photographs being taken. Simpson's answer to a question about his slow start is interrupted by this sound. Stop deforestation! And before he can get out a third bird call, USGA President Mike Davis is on Jungle Bird like a cat. His reflexes were lightning fast, and I didn't see it coming for sure. <laughs> he kind of grabbed me and dragged me out the way and then threw me into a bunker. And I managed to stay upright, which was, which was quite lucky. Uh, and then the San Francisco Police Department came, uh, and they arrested me and led me away in handcuffs, and people were clapping as I was getting led up the steps. And then they searched me for drugs and stuff like that. And then they realized I wasn't really a threat. And, and then they were quite friendly, you know, they were quite having a laugh out of it. And, and then they, uh, they, they put me in the van and then drove me down to the San Francisco police station, or the birdcage, as I call it. And how long were you in jail for? Uh, a good couple of hours, so I think they were working out what to do with me. Because I, I had a ticket to the event, so I hadn't trespassed, so, and I didn't do anything offensive. I was fully clothed, so in the end they just let me go. The first thing I did when I got out of jail was go to the local bar and have a couple of beers. How do you balance your desire to get your message out with taking away from one of the most important moments in someone else's life. It's a it's a fine line, isn't it? You know, my job was to to try and raise awareness to the, the problem of climate. I'm also conscious that it was a very important moment for Webb Simpson and I trust that he understood the 
the reason for it after the fact. And he's always been very understanding of it from what I can see. And I think that I've heard interviews of Webb Simpson since, and he said, you know, if he walks into a restaurant with his family, people are, ah! and he's definitely had a good sense of humour over it. In fact, he tweeted me one time with one of the Union Jack hats on that he'd got, and he said, hey, I'm, I'm going to be coming after you. After the U.S. Open video bombing, Jungle Bird went viral. He was interviewed on Kimmel and Leno. Imitators popped up at sporting events. Jungle Bird was a popular Halloween costume that year. It quickly became and is still the most famous sports video bomb of all time. But why? I think it's just the spontaneous of it. My kids are often sending me links to the most memorable moments of TV. It's all over Facebook and it was on the news in England and stuff. You know, the way it did pan out, it did bring a lot of humor to, to the moment. And what's your message for people who have a cause and aren't quite sure about how to draw attention to it? So I was upset about the climate. I was upset about deforestation. I was concerned about the future of the planet for the children. But, you know, a lot of us can sit on the sidelines and, and not do anything about that. So for me, it was taking that first step of action. And by taking that first step of action, things began to happen. Jungle Bird started his own environmental technology company to deal with the problem of deforestation, in part off the success of the Simpson video bomb. It was kind of a door opener, to be honest. From that activism moment, it kind of showed my commitment and, and also my commitment to other people. But then also you can show them that you've been in handcuffs to stand up for the natural environment. And that really is a game changer for those guys as well, because they really feel that you are kind of walking the talk. And what was your plan for an encore the next year at the U.S. Open? I was going to do the same thing again. I flew in from England. And then uh, when I landed in Philadelphia, I got pulled aside by two TSA agents and I got handed a letter. And it was from the USGA Golf Association, kind of warning me not to attend the event or I could get arrested. But I've got an FBI number now. It's something a lot of activists have. It turns out when I got my visa to emigrate to America, uh, I, I found out that I got this number. So whenever I come in, I can sometimes get questioned, like an extra level of question, like, what are you doing? What are you up to? These days, at every major golf tournament, Jungle Bird's photo is posted at the entrance to keep him out. Not being able to attend live golf is a small price for Jungle Bird to pay. If you really believe in someone, you know, that sense of satisfaction that you are taking a stand is, is very, to me, has been very empowering. You know, you run the risk of getting into some serious trouble, but it's, it's there's nothing like it. I, you know, I found my calling, basically, and, I think if, if you're ever lucky enough to, to find that in life, that you're doing something that you really, truly believe in, then it's a great achievement, I think. All right, time for a quick break. On the other side, a story about athletes and buzzers that has nothing to do with the Houston Astros. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. 
Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. I'd always known that there were dodgy things happening behind the scenes and that, you know, people want to cheat. It changed me a bit to have to come up nose to nose against it and to really see the reality. In 2015, Diana Ray was a staff writer for the Dallas Observer. Being in Texas, she often wrote about oil, energy, and NASA, and occasionally horse racing, a sport she had developed an interest in thanks to a tattered book she carried around. That book? Seabiscuit. You know, that, that was one of those books that changed my life. It, it opened up a world that I didn't really know about. And I just became fascinated with the world of horse racing and how these, you know, horse and man work together and how also the trainer is so key. And then, you know, some people follow the rules, some people don't. And and it just, it really fascinated me. So I would sort of keep an eye on it. And then, uh, you know, this Roman Chapa thing just popped up right in my backyard. This Roman Chapa thing happened during a $50,000 horse racing stakes at the Sam Houston Race Park, which is a far cry from Churchill Downs. You will probably see plenty of people wearing leopard prints, lots of bets being made, lots of cheap beer being sold. No one's wearing fancy hats. We don't even see thoroughbreds down here. It's a very low rent situation. Running in the ninth race of the night was quiet acceleration a horse with a distant connection to past greatness. You know, like how everyone in England probably could claim some relation to royalty. The same thing where he has in his background the legendary secretariat. And then if you squint, you can kind of see it a little bit in the horse. He's this beautiful, espresso brown, gorgeous creature. A little bit of white on the edges and just a really beautiful horse. The race began and quiet acceleration was running in the middle of the pack, boxed in by the rest of the field. It didn't look good for him. As they're going through the backstretch and then rounding toward home, you suddenly see quiet acceleration begin to make some progress forward. And right at the end, like magic, one of those beautiful moments, quiet acceleration just zooms forward and he gets to the finish line first, hits the wire and he wins. And it's a great moment. Every racetrack has a camera set up on one side of the finish line to capture a potential photo finish. And from that side, everything looked fine when Chapa jolted across the finish line very quickly. 
Uh, however, there was a photographer, Jack Cody, who was shooting from the other rail, and he caught a slightly different picture. Unaware that anything was amiss, Cody, like he does after every race, sent out his photos to Sam Houston racetrack officials, who uploaded them to their website. When he starts getting a bunch of text messages and phone calls from Chapa saying, hey, there was this one photo. Can you take it down? Can you please get rid of it? Please, 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 please. Unbeknownst to Cody, one of the photos he posted online showed in Chapa's left hand an electronic device the size of a cigarette lighter. To those in the know, it was unmistakably a buzzer used to send powerful shocks into a horse to jolt it forward. Then the local press started digging in. The initial guy that was covering it for us was like, um, this is about horses. You're still carrying seed with you like a weirdo. Take it. So and I was like, okay, cool. So I started looking into it. Whenever I'm reporting anything, I like to go back to the beginning. So if I'm writing about trains or high-speed rail, I want to go back to the invention of the wheel. When I'm writing about horse racing, I went back and first did a whole bunch of research to understand horse racing's history. And then it's, it's also its history in Texas. And then once I feel like I know everything a real dork could know about a subject, then I start really reporting and asking questions and reaching out to people. Ray found out quickly that Texas horse racing was a very insular world that didn't take kindly to a probing outside reporter. So you have to sort of feel your way in and know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody to get them to talk to you. And that's where you get weird and stalkery and start texting and blowing up their phones. Just being like, hi, hi, please talk to me, please. Ray managed to speak with Cody, the photographer, and Dallas Keene, the trainer. As for Roman Chapa. Oh, I got his phone number and I called it over and over again, left messages, texted him, tried different emails, blew up his Twitter um, because I wanted to hear his side. I've always felt that his side is not necessarily justifiable, but interesting, maybe worth hearing. You know, there's two sides of every story. On one hand, the jockeys honestly are under an enormous amount of pressure to win. On the other hand, the horses are just doing their best and don't understand any of what's going on. They're just, you know, oh, time to race. I love to run. And they want to beat the other horse. So it's complicated. You know, I don't like what Roman Chapa did, but I've thought about it a lot ever since. And, you know, in some ways you can almost understand it. And are we to assume that this was the only race that Roman Chapa used a buzzer or... Did they look back at other races and see similar surges and think to themselves, even though we don't have evidence, this must have been going on for a long time? I mean, no one really knows that for sure. He had already been suspended 25 times for breaking rules in the past. So he already had a fairly long and substantial record. And he, I don't know that he'd necessarily been caught with a buzzer before, but he had been caught early in his career back in the 90s using a nail. I mean, what's so disgusting about this really is horses like to run. So the idea that you just sit there and then shock them or stab them or do anything painful to them is just appalling. It's basically taking some kind of a electric zap to the flank of a marathon runner, which if anyone did that, they would be arrested and in a lot of trouble. 
And as a jockey before this incident, how successful was Roman Chapa? Roman Chapa was good. He was good enough that he had a fairly decent record and was winning. In Texas racing, he was a not undistinguished rider who had had a career that had already spanned more than 20 years. But, you know, he was never going to be riding Kentucky Derby. At the time of this incident, Chapa had won 1,711 races, and his mounts had earned in excess of $25 million, very little of which had made its way to Chapa. From what I understand, they get $50 to $100 per race versus I think a 10% cut of the purse if you win, but otherwise they're having to supplement that with uh, doing training rides and like working a lot behind the scenes. You know, it can be a difficult living from everything I've ever heard. Chapa has been badly injured at least twice. At one point he stopped breathing on the table and then he got back in the saddle though and he said that was where he was meant to be. So the more you read about the life of the jockey and the more you think about what it must be like to try to hustle up this living, my own anger turned to some empathy or some sympathy for him. Is there any chance that Roman Chapa was using a buzzer at the directive of the trainer and he was just doing what he was told? Um, well, it's not exactly necessarily that any jockey in such a situation would be doing what they're told. But there are some jockeys, from my reporting, I learned, that are known for having a certain reputation and that maybe are willing to do a little extra or bend the rules a little bit this way or that way to give a horse an advantage. I don't know if anyone would say, go use that buzzer, partly because that would be very stupid of them because who wants to have exposed themselves as being the guy who just said that? But if you hire someone who's known to use a buzzer, I think there are plenty of ways of saying, hey, I'd really like that horse to win in a way that could, you know, give someone who has that kind of reputation the right idea. Chapa's case wound its way through the Texas legal system for years. It was during one of Chapa's court appearances that Ray finally came in contact with him. I managed to make it down to the courthouse in time. And I don't know, like, you know that jockeys are very small. They have to be. But at the same time, at that point, I had been chasing Chapa so long, and I had been just trying to get to talk to the man and thinking about him and trying to understand who he was and where he was from, that I was still shocked by how, how little he was. He looked more sad than he did anything else. He hadn't shaved in a little bit. and. I found myself really feeling sorry for him in that moment. For his role in the buzzer incident, the Texas Racing Commission fined Chapa $100,000, and he was suspended from racing for five years. However, there are these illegal races that some people do, and I heard rumors that he was riding in those. It's not clear that it was Chapa, but Sometime in 2017, during one of those races, some videos started circulating right after because there was a collision of two horses and a rider who looked a lot like Chapa and who a lot of people called Chapa in the video started making the rounds on Facebook. And whoever that rider was was very badly injured in an illegal race. Harris County charged him with unlawful influence in racing and making false statements to an investigator, the latter of which he pled guilty to. I finished by asking Ray what she thought about the decision of the legal system to get so involved in this case. You know, like it, I think ultimately it was the right thing to do. If you don't do something and if, if the law doesn't get involved, 
would this keep going? Would it get worse? If you're going to do something like that to a horse, it probably helps to know that, oh, remember Roman Chapa? He buzzed a horse and look what happened to him. All right. Thank you to Diana Ray and Andrew Dudley, a.k.a. Jungle Bird, for sharing their stories. For more stories from Diana, check out Houstonia, where she is the editor-in-chief. And for information about Jungle Bird's environmental causes, check out his website, earthpbc.com. And if you're liking the podcast, please take a minute to rate and review on iTunes. It's a big help. And also, be sure to dig into the archives for tales of cheating and deception in all your favorite sports. Next week, we've got a story of a Miami dolphin and an alligator that was sent to us by a listener. So if you have ideas for future shows, please hit the tip line. The email address is trickerationnation at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And as we do every week, we check in with the legend, Chris Mad Dog Russo. Chris, how'd we do this week? Maddie, good job. Keep up the good work, pal. Thanks, Chris. All right. Talk to you next week. Trickeration is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. <laughs> 